Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith. Ministry in ministering. The teacher in teaching. The encourager in encouragement. The giver in sincerity. The leader in diligence. The compassionate in cheerfulness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I had breakfast with my friend Van Pearlberg last Tuesday morning. We were eating at Sugar Cakes on the Square, and Van was telling me about a New Year's Eve tradition he used to enjoy in which he'd order live lobsters, have them delivered to the house, and before cooking them, he'd, he'd line them up in the driveway. In the driveway, each member of the family would pick one, attach a number to the shell, then the lobster would race from one side of the driveway to the other. Whoever picked the winning lobster won, which, which sounds like a fun activity for the humans involved, thinking of the lobsters and of their post-race trip to the kitchen and then to the dinner table. Van's friend Terry asked, he was eating breakfast with us, did the winner receive a pardon, or at least a stay of execution. No, Van said, the winner went into the pot first. <laughs> Winning isn't everything. It's not. And these days in our culture, the pressure to win can build to such a great level that some may feel as though they are already in a pot of boiling water. There are those among us who wake up to the pressure and can't sleep for fear of falling behind. Like the fictional NASCAR driver, Ricky Bobby, some have developed in, if you're not first, you're last mentality and have turned everything into a competition. Earlier this year, when one member of the church staff went through a breakup, I wanted to be the one who gave the best advice. When I found out that Melissa Ricketts gave the best advice, I was as devastated as the one who went through the breakup because I hadn't won the competition. It wasn't a competition. That was ridiculous. 
sometimes out of a desire to win. I miss the point. In fact, psychologists are now saying that the key to a healthy, fulfilling, joy-filled life is not winning or wealth, not going on fancy vacations or working hard for big promotions, but relationships. We hear about the importance of relationships from the very beginning of the Bible. In Genesis, we learn that our creator felt like something was missing from Adam and that he was not meant to live in the garden alone. And so God created for him a partner. We human beings were created for relationships. Husbands and wives, mothers, fathers and children, friends and co-workers, neighbors and pen pals, sports teams, social clubs and congregations. The Apostle Paul builds on this concept by saying that we are all like parts of one body. For as in one body we have many members, so we who are many are one. This is a classic teaching of the Apostle Paul that we are like different parts of the same body. In our New Testament, he uses this same image that we are one here in Romans, then again in 1 Corinthians, and then twice more in Ephesians and Colossians. Four times he speaks of us as a body with many members. Each of us is different, but each one of us is dependent on the others. Yet in our world today, we are not conditioned to think of ourselves as members of one body. No, in our world today, we are all fighting to be the one who gets to wear the crown. Some are so convinced... That winning is the way to a fulfilling life. That they've become notorious cheaters. Abandoning decency in the hopes of getting their kids into the best college. There's the actress who played Aunt Becky on the TV series Full House and served prison time for paying $500,000 to cheat her daughters into USC. Likewise, we know about Bernie Madoff, who created this huge pyramid scheme to get rich by taking $65 billion from his clients. We hear of those who risk everything to win. But consider with me this morning, what happens when we lose? There's a beautiful Disney cartoon called Inside Out. Maybe you've seen it. It's about a girl who's growing up. She's trying to come to terms with all her emotions. She wants to feel happy all the time. And a lot of the time she does feel happy. Joy is her primary emotion. But inside her head are these five cartoons representing her five different emotions. There's sadness, fear, anger, disgust, and joy. Joy is in the driver's seat most of the time. In fact, joy pushes sadness out of the way because what's the point of sadness? That's the basic plot of the movie. What's the point of sadness? Who wants to feel sad? Isn't it better to win and to feel happy? That's what we often think. Yet when this poor girl, the star of her hockey team, takes the shot to win the game but misses... Sadness takes over. 
What's the point of sadness? She walks away from the team to be alone. Tears stream down her face. And when her parents see her tears, they wrap their arms around her. My favorite TV show is one about a soccer coach named Ted Lasso. When Ted's team loses the big game at the end of season two, he looks around at his broken-hearted locker room and he says, there's something worse than being sad. That's being sad and alone. And not a one of us are alone right now. More clearly, sometimes it's confessing that we need help. Sarah and I walk around our neighborhood every evening with our two dogs. These two dogs both drive me absolutely crazy with their barking. But when you get, when you get out in the neighborhood to walk a dog, you, you start to meet your neighbors. Thanks to walking our dogs in the evening, we know the people we live around a little bit better. And one young mother who lives down the street on the corner, we knew that she, was, that she has a brand new infant and a toddler and a little girl going into kindergarten. Not only that, but her husband has been fighting cancer for months now. So when we saw her on our evening walk, Sarah asked about this little girl going into kindergarten and her mother said something that people so rarely say. She said... I'm afraid she's not ready. Of course she's not. How could she be ready for kindergarten? Who has time to teach this child her ABCs when there's a new baby, when you have a husband who's suffering with cancer? Not only that, in front of their house is a yard that's impossible to maintain because it's like a canyon. I walk by that yard and I thank God that that's not my front yard all the time. Yet how many people in your life that you walk past in your neighborhood do you walk by who dare to confess that they don't feel ready, that they need a little help. I'm fine is what I say. I say that all the time. I'm fine, yet this woman dared to be honest and Sarah took that information back to the central office of Marietta City Schools. Next thing you know, this little girl's kindergarten teacher is calling the house to assure her mother that everything is going to be okay. And the school superintendent is dropping off a Marietta onesie at their front door. My friends, when we feel like we are losing and we dare to admit it, that's when we know more fully that we are part of one body, that we who are many are one. Yet in a culture obsessed with winning and terrified of showing any sign of weakness, we Christians must show the world that it's okay to be broken. Paul writes... For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Why? Because if you think of yourself as an island, 
If you think of yourself as self-sufficient, if you want the world to see you as though you are perfect, if you think that you will be rejected for not winning all the time, you might miss out on one of the greatest gifts that our God provides us all, the gift of community. We who are many are one. Now, if you want to strengthen those bonds of community, dare to show someone from time to time that you need a little bit of help. Dare to let someone know that your life isn't perfect. Be bold enough to say out loud, I'm not doing okay. There's a book that I love by Frederick Bachman, a man called Uwe. This man named Uwe, he lost his wife. In the wake of her death, his world got smaller and smaller. Grief pushed him inside. He shut down and he rarely left the house except to go out and terrorize his neighbors for infractions on the neighborhood covenant. One morning, he looks out his window to see a new family moving in, yet the husband can't back the trailer up properly. This infuriates Uwe. He knocks on the car window, and he demands that this man hand over the keys. Ladies, if you didn't know this already, being told to get out of the driver's seat of your own car is basically the most humiliating thing that can happen to a man. Only this man does relinquish the keys. Uwe backs up the trailer. And a friendship that saved them all was born. Winning isn't everything. Being able to back up a trailer isn't everything. Being okay isn't everything. For sometimes it's our brokenness and our losing that connects us to each other. When Paul says to not be conformed to this world, I hear him saying, don't be conformed to the isolation that our culture is creating. Don't be sucked into the cult of perfection. Don't be obsessed with winning, for humility builds bridges, and it builds bridges that can save us. Have you heard that one in three Americans suffers from loneliness? And that being lonely all day is as bad for your body as smoking 15 cigarettes. God did not create us to be alone. Neither did God create us for triumph at the top of the heap. If he did, he would have come to us as a king riding a white stallion rather than as a servant riding a humble donkey. God created us in such a way that not a one of us is complete on our own. Instead, we are all like parts of one body so that we who are many are one. We have different gifts. We have different abilities. We were built for interdependence, which is one reason that this place, this church, is so special. Here at our church, it is easy to see that we are a body, that we have gifts that differ. Not a one of us is perfect. In fact, Sunday after Sunday, we begin our time together by admitting that we are sinners in need of God's grace. Our imperfection is part of what unites us. 
Our common need for a grace-filled Savior is what keeps us coming back. We who are many are one. Last Sunday, I told you that we received a letter from a woman who worships with us from Capital, Montana. She asked me to thank the choir, to thank the members of the church who distribute food, to thank the people who project the words to the hymns onto the screens, to thank the people who are in charge of the speakers, to even thank the people who clean this place. All the way from Montana, she could see that this is a body with many members. We have different skills, yet we work together to serve the Lord. Not a one of us is perfect, yet we are learning to lean on each other just as we lean on Christ Jesus, the source of our salvation. In your need... Reach out to him. In your need, reach out to each other and be saved. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.com dot o-r-g